Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. I am so excited to have two guests with me today, and we're going to be talking about music therapy. And my first guest is Elaine Reschke Hernandez, who is the Assistant Professor of Music Therapy and an Affiliate Faculty in Gerontology. My second guest is Erica Gabriel, a doctoral candidate in musical arts pursuing a music therapy equivalence degree. Erica is also the Altec Scholarship recipient and Lyman T. Johnson Fellow. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Mindy, for having us today. I am so excited about this conversation because I know that music has powers over me. When I am feeling stressed or when I'm feeling upset, I can put on a a little music and I feel better about the world. And so I think that it's just fascinating that you all have this career and are able to use music therapy to help lots of people. So let's just start off with what is music therapy? Thank you again for having us today, Mindy. And um, I love that you referenced your own relationship with music. Human beings forever, as long as we know, have really had this strong relationship with music and how we feel and how it might promote healing and wellness. It's used in all different cultures for all different purposes. When we think about what music therapy is, A lot of times people think of it as their own personal relationship with music and healing and our more modern conception of of music therapy as a profession is defined by the American Music Therapy Association as the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional. So It's sort of a mouthful definition, and I I thought I might break that down for everybody a bit. So, you know, at the root of it is music. So music therapists are, at a foundational level, incredibly talented musicians. So in order to be a music therapist, you actually learn to use your voice really effectively You learn to use guitar effectively in a clinical setting, keyboard and piano skills and percussion. And then a lot of music therapists use other instruments as well. At a starting point, those are the instruments that you become skilled at using in a clinical setting. And then we use music in a relationship with other people. So it's not just using recorded music. We have infinite number of tools in our toolbox that are available to us that we can use to build relationship with other human beings and help them in some way based on goals that their um, treatment plan may have identified. For instance, they might be a patient in the hospital and there are particular needs that they have like pain management or helping with their mood while they're in the hospital. 
It might be a child with disabilities in the schools who is working on particular social emotional goals or educational goals. But then we also get input from the people we work with and ask what they want to work on and what's valuable and important to them and their families. And then what we do is we also use this thing called evidence-based practice. So we are looking at research and use the best available research evidence to inform what we do. And then we also build on our own clinical wisdom. So our experience in working with other people and using music to help them. And also just knowledge that's been passed down through generations about what to do. And then that really important component of including what's important to the person we're working with and their family. It's fascinating all that can be done with music, isn't it? Let's talk a little bit about training and education, how people get involved in this career. And Erica, let's start with you. Why don't you tell me about what got you interested in music therapy as a career? So I found music therapy in what felt like a very meant to be way. I had, I have two career paths. I only had the one, which was performance. And I had just finished my master's degree in performance and ended up in a small town where there was not a lot of performance opportunity. Okay. <laughs> Some background in education, I ended up subbing. And in this small town, Barron Springs, Michigan, they had a school called Blossom Land Learning Center which was a school for children and adolescents and adults with disabilities. And I ended up being a para or um, on a long-term sub-status sure. in a classroom. And one day uh, my classroom had their specials and we walked into the music classroom. And because I was only used to education, I assumed that it was just a regular music classroom. And then when the music therapist sat down, it felt, like my world opened up, like this was the piece of the puzzle that I had been missing and I just wanted to know more. And then realizing that it aligned with my own natural desires to use music to heal. Growing up in church, my dad is a pastor. And so in, especially in church, you know, music is, is, is used to heal, but not specifically, or maybe not as intentionally um, right. as what I was watching happening in front of me. So it took me quite a few years to get back around to it. I went further down the rabbit hole into education, but it just kept coming back up. Years later, um, one of my, my friend's mother, she was dying of cancer. And I went to the hospital and I just brought my guitar and I went and I just felt the need to go and, and sing to her. And her sister was also in the bedroom by her bedside and she was a chaplain at the hospital. And after I was done playing, she said, have you ever considered music therapy? And it was that full circle moment for me, that affirmation that it was something that I was, you know, that I should be pursuing. And so that's how I researched music therapy equivalency programs. And that's the path I went because I didn't do it in undergrad. They right. have music therapy equivalency programs like the one here at UK. And that's right. how I got into it. Oh, that's fascinating. And beautiful. So tell me a little bit about the um, education and training that's available here at UK. So we have um, two different options here at UK. What's unique about our program is we only have a graduate program. So most okay. programs in music therapy are built on top of an undergraduate degree in music therapy. 
So all of our students are either coming to us already as board certified music therapists or credentialed music therapists who want to further their education and pursue a master's degree, or they have a degree already in, um, usually our students have a degree in music already, um, because as I mentioned, music is really the foundation of what we do. So um, they already have that expertise in music. And so they come and fulfill those missing requirements for uh, regarding development and clinical foundations, that therapeutic relationship I mentioned earlier, and really how to harness their musicianship and help it grow in terms of helping in a clinical way. So rather than a performance-oriented mindset, they're taking classes that help them learn, how do I use my music skills and adapt in the moment to meet what I'm seeing and this relationship, all of the things that are unfolding in this moment with this person. And then how do I plan for when I come back and work with them in the future? Every music therapist at a foundational level has at least 1200 hours of supervised clinical training. And that is really a key component that separates us from using music more informally in a healing way, right? And then we also have lots and lots of tools in our toolbox that our students are learning to, how do I use singing? How do I use music listening and music videos? How do I use composition and improvisation in a session? How do I engage them in playing instruments? And how do I do this with people who have zero music background at all, or who might feel like they can't you know, keep a steady beat or, or sing on key, right? So we right. work with with people who are non-musicians pretty typically or or not formally trained musicians. Let's talk a little bit about settings where you all do music therapy. And I know um, you talked about going into the hospital or going into the school and where you get to go, I guess, as music therapists. Well, music therapists work in a variety of settings. Um, I'll note that there are numerous music therapists who work at UK Healthcare, and they they see pretty much every patient area in the hospital. Um, my understanding is they get more referrals than they can actually handle, oh <laughs> um, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, hospital, I, I did work in a hospital for a period of, of my career. I worked with teenagers who had severe scoliosis and had to undergo a major surgery to correct the curvature of their spine. And because they're children, there are only so many, uh, there's only so many painkillers you can give kids. And so I was brought in as part of the music therapy team to help with reducing some anxiety and stress and also pain management. And so uh, that is one setting that I I really loved working in that setting. It was a great challenge too, because teenagers' music interests are always changing and evolving with whatever is is the latest and learning all of that and staying on top of it on a weekly basis and being prepared for what they're going to tell me they're, you know, it might be Bruno Mars or Katy Perry one week and then Taylor Swift the next. And and you just never know who the next artist is that comes out and, uh, and then adapting that music to help them and actually the, their family too, um, with some reduced stress and improved pain management. And then the schools are a huge area where music therapists are involved 
a lot of children with disabilities in the um, Fayette County Public Schools here in Lexington uh, receive music therapy services as, as part of their individualized education program. Long-term care facilities, hospice. I mean, there are just a lot of a lot of different settings. I just think that's wonderful that you all are able to impact families in this way, especially at a time when things probably are not the best. Whether we're talking about pain management or we're talking about cancer treatment, whatever is going on in that family, I love that music is impacting um, the way that it, the treatment is is being undertaken. Yeah. And one thing, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that um, because, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't think about are the potential negative side effects or um, things that can happen when you're in the middle of using music. And, and, you know, you mentioned it's been a really hard almost two years, you know, for, for the whole world. When we're using something that tends to bring up a lot of emotions, you know, mm-hmm. as music therapists, we're not just trying to make people feel happy all the time. Right. And a lot of times it's it's helping people process really strong emotions that are hard. Mm-hmm. And so that training that we have in um, helping some support somebody through those really strong emotions is a key component of, of our training. And I like to say that we absolutely do not own music and that there are not enough of us to go around to help everybody, but to do use music mindfully, especially if you're trying to help support somebody that, you know, their maybe their cognitive functioning is compromised by what's going on, or they're just incredibly having a very challenging emotional time or uh, whatever it may be just to be mindful um, that side effects do happen in response to music and and how equipped are you to handle and support that person so that that you really are helping them. I think that's just so wonderful. I know um, we want to touch a little bit on research in music therapy. If you want to share with us some of the research that's happening Right now, actually, a colleague of mine in the College of Social Work, Dr. Allison Gibson, and I are working on a, it's a telehealth study with older adults who have dementia and also those who do not have dementia. And we, this is called a a pilot study or a feasibility study. So it's not a huge study. We're just trying to figure out what works and what's appealing to older adults. There's actually surprisingly very little literature to help us know what what to do with telehealth um, and specifically with older adults and particularly with music. And so... We are doing a study to find out how how they engage with and respond to video recorded version of what a music therapist might do. So there's okay. no ability to change what happens. They just pre-record something based on what a person has expressed their interests in music are and, and a little bit about their background in life. And then they also get live music therapy. And then we're asking what they think about the two different options, what they like, what they dislike. I mean, we were really asking people to give us their opinion about how does this work and all over Zoom. So all through the internet. And then we're checking out iPads to everybody. So um, older adults who do know how to use an iPad can, can do it on their own. And then if they are a little tech savvy, they might be able to learn how to do it during the study. And then um, other people have a helper with them, um, like a grandchild who's an, an adult or, um, right. 
you know, somebody around that can help them learn how to use Zoom. And, and then we're using what we find out in the music component of the study to inform wellness support for older adults. So connecting them with resources available in the community that might be helpful to them and particularly focusing on things that are offered remotely since a lot are isolated right now. That's what we have going on right now at UK. Well, if we have listeners who are interested in this study or might know of someone who would be interested, we will link your contact information in the show notes. And so they'll be able to go right to the show notes and and find out how to get involved in that study. Thank you both for sharing with me today about the ways that music can impact a person's life. Do you have any last words that you want to share for our listeners? Sure. I think I want to express how much music therapy has meant to me and discovering it and finding it and how challenging it's been. I think it's how challenging the process has been because being on the outside looking in, it was easy to assume that it was just a person with an instrument trying to make people happy, like it was mentioned before. But really understanding that it is research, that it is evidence-based, that there are so many components that go into to helping people has grounded me in a way that as a future music therapist, I feel like I'm so better prepared to go into the world and use music specifically to help people. So I'm, I want to say that I'm grateful to have found my path and to have such a wonderful community around me to help me get there. I think a ringing endorsement for your program and for all that, that is available to musical therapists. And I think what Erica said is just a lovely way to end today. (laughs) Well, thank you both for joining me. And if you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts. We are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.